Blink by Malcolm Gladwell One sentence summary Blink explains what happens when you listen to your gut feeling, why these snap judgments are often much more efficient than conscious deliberating, and how to avoid your intuition leading you to wrong assumptions. My favorite quote from the author is, The key to good decision making is not knowledge, it is understanding. We are swimming in the former. We are desperately lacking in the latter. Malcolm Gladwell I really wonder how one man can discover so many insights and change the way we think in several only loosely related areas, like Malcolm Gladwell. From success to human intuition to macroeconomic trends, his curiosity seems to know no boundaries. Do you think he decides his next book's topic in the blink of an eye, or rather deliberately, after giving it some thought? While that's a question I can't answer, Blink can help you understand how your own intuition works, and when it's best to trust it or keep analyzing. Here are three lessons about the surprising power of human intuition. 1. Your unconscious is the world's fastest filter of information. 2. Stress can lead your gut astray. 3. Put up screens in situations where you can't trust your intuition. Ready to school your snap judgment system? Here we go. Blink. Lesson 1. Your unconscious is the world's fastest filter of information. This answers the question, how fast can our subconscious process information? There's a rule which says you should only make decisions when you have at least 40% of the relevant information, but never wait until you have more than 70%. It's called the 40-70 rule, and it describes the ideal relationship between time and information ensuring you act fast but not uninformed, without waiting until making a decision eventually becomes moot. The funny thing is that in most situations, focusing on very few but crucially important facts while blocking out all the rest is enough to do so. For example, when deciding whether to move to apartment A or apartment B, knowing location, price and having a few pictures is usually all you need. Once you overanalyze every detail, such as where the plugs are more conveniently placed, it becomes impossible to make a good call, because the little puzzle pieces of information start to hide the much more important ones. Lucky for you, your unconscious is the best and fastest information filtering system in the world. When first confronted with new information, it sifts through all of it, instantly tossing out the less important factors, judging the few big ones in a split second and presenting you with the solution. However, even your unconscious gets it wrong sometimes. Blink, lesson 2. Stress can temporarily lead your gut down the wrong path. This answers the question, when does our subconscious information filter not work? For example, in a high-stress environment, your ability to read other people's facial expressions rapidly declines. When your boss completely loses it, gets a big fat red head and screams at you from the top of his lungs, flailing his arms and making wild and rude gestures, you might end up punching him in the face, simply due to the fear of a physical attack that his current emotional state triggers in you. Similarly, a police officer will sometimes shoot an unarmed man, just because he holds a black leather wallet. This inability to read non-verbal cues is very common among autistic people. They can't instinctively judge a person's intentions and emotional state based on gestures, facial expressions and behavior, which is why they have to rely on what information is communicated. When you find yourself in a stressful situation, this can render you temporarily autistic and you develop a sort of tunnel vision focusing on only the most imminent 
threatening piece of information. This will lead your gut to make the wrong call oftentimes, so it should be prevented whenever possible. If in a stressful situation, you should try to reduce the stress as quickly as possible. Take a walk to cool off, hide and breathe for a few minutes, or continue the conversation at a later point to make sure your tunnel vision doesn't go into overdrive. Blink, lesson three. Use screens to filter irrelevant information in scenarios where your gut tends to be wrong. This answers the question, what can we do to prevent those occasions where our gut feeling goes wrong? Apart from stressful situations, sometimes associations are forged so deeply in our brain that it's hard to turn them off, even though we might know they're wrong. For example, you might expect every Asian to be good at math, Fortune 500 CEOs as tall, white men, and good singers to be beautiful. That last one comes from the music industry artificially pushing any singer's visual image during performances, on album covers and in music videos, until we ultimately believed all singers to be beautiful. But if you're an agent for a record label, that's a problem. You're supposed to find the best singers, not models. In this case, it's good to create your own screens and filters to keep the irrelevant information, here looks, from ever reaching your brain in the first place. For example, the casting show The Voice has judges in chairs, their backs turned to the stage, so the only information they get from the singer is what their voice sounds like. If they like what they hear, they can hit a button and turn around automatically confirming they'd like to have the singer on their team. So if music agents just scout talent based on audio samples, they'll probably make much better decisions. Think through your own life and you'll surely come across one or two areas where your decisions are usually heavily biased because of ancient prejudices you hold. Try to think of a few screens and filters you could use to make sure you only get those relevant 40% of information. My personal takeaways from Blink for 2017. Okay, the audio sample one I would have brought up anyways if I hadn't put it in the summary already. So if you're if you just happen to be a record label agent, you're scouting music talent, then please please um, have people submit audio files only, have people send in CDs, whatever. I mean nobody sends CDs, but have them send MP3s, something like that. And if they send in videos, just play the video, but uh, close the or minimize the tab, just listen to the sound, right? Because you want to find good singers, like that's the job here. Um, so another situation uh, I would like to talk to you about where you can or where you should put up screens is definitely anything related to your personal finances, right? So that could mean something like getting a financial advisor or having a friend that's really good at that kind of stuff and doing your planning for you. That definitely includes having a budgeting tool or system where you visualize your budget and your money, something like an Excel sheet or a graph or whatever, or even a software that does it for you, but where you actually see where your money is going, how much you spend on what, and so on. Um, that definitely includes some sort of system for money you spend with objective goals in mind, right? So that might be something like investing, where a common rule, it's called dollar cost averaging. Um, a common rule is to say, I'm going to invest $1,000 a month or $500 a month um, every month on the 15th, and I will place it into those stocks in value investing. You can pick your stocks beforehand because you, you invest for the long term um, into companies you think will 
have a gap in the value that's in locked inside them from what the market is currently. So if you decide you're going to buy stocks of Tesla, Netflix, and Facebook, then you could say, I'm going to invest $500 on the 15th of each month, of each month and I'm going to put it in Netflix the first month, in Facebook the second, and in Tesla the third, right? And then regardless of the market price, because the market price fluctuates so much over time, and it's not rational, uh, because it, it fluctuates based on very, very short-term announcements and, and uh, political tweets and all that kind of stuff, um, you could say, I'm going to invest that money into the stock no matter what the price is at that day. And that would be a really good system to keep calm about your portfolio and not freak out and be like, oh, I got to sell it. Oh, I got to buy now and so on. So finance is definitely an area. And now imagine your job is to invest, right? So if you work at a venture capital fund or any fund at all and you have to pick investments, like that's even more important to have a system, right? Rules, guidelines, and then let those guidelines run the show and you just step back and, and act accordingly to the rule book. Okay, so that, that about filters and situations where your gut feeling does not help you. Um, let me go, go through those lessons in reverse because I just started with the last one. The second part, stress can lead your gut astray. So uh, a personal example, I was on a phone call. It was about taking a job. Uh, I felt really pressured to take the job because I didn't want to lose my good standing with the person uh, at the end of the line. So uh, because I panicked, I only focused on, oh my God, oh my God, if I say no, the relationship with this person will go to shit. So I took the job, even though I was very well aware that this job would be super stressful and that um, uh, the pay was super shitty and so on, right? So I didn't want the job. I knew that right then and there. But I still, I focused so intently on that I would lose or damage my relationship with this person that I panicked and took the job, right? So 12 hours later or so, I realized because I beat myself up all day about it, I was like, no, this is horrible. I can't do it. I set up an email, set it to auto send the next day or something because I couldn't look at it or I, I didn't feel good about it. Sent the email, got out of the job uh, and it did damage the relationship. So at, at first the person was mad at me. But eventually, over time, we reconciled and everything. So it, in the end, nothing bad happened, right? But in this situation, I was so stressed out on that phone call that I couldn't focus on the information at hand, which was obvious uh, for me to not take the job because rationally or by any measure, I knew it would just make me feel miserable. And so that was the situation where my gut led me astray. Um, so I think that's not... Uh, obviously the examples from the summary were about weapons and, and, and punching people and stuff like that obviously in most of the situations where stress inhibits our good gut response um, they're not about survival they're about stupid things that don't have consequences which is why I think it's all the more important to get a grip on it because you're losing for no reason essentially right if you, uh, for example, lose money because you make a bad decision under stress, uh, because you can't listen to your gut feeling the right way, um, then that's just a, a needless loss in most cases because you you don't die from the loss. It's just a stupid thing you do. Okay, and lastly, your unconscious is the world's fastest filter of information. 
uh, I'm never I never stop being fascinated by that obviously this is the reason why you can s suddenly find the solution to a problem in the shower it comes to you the next day after spending four hours on it and not getting anywhere the day before so that's a wonderful thing and I encourage you make conscious use of this tool right when you're stuck on something and you just can't get ahead drop it for a while literally drop it do something else go eat a pizza take a walk eat some ice cream whatever you need to do do your thing relax play some games um, your unconscious will take care of it it will filter the thing and it will bring it back to you let it bubble to the surface at the right time one last thing a book you will enjoy if you enjoyed this summary is the paradox of choice by barry schwartz because the first part where it talks about when you get too much little information or you focus on the details, it becomes impossible to see what the important aspects of, say, picking an apartment are. Um, the paradox of choice expands on that. There's a concept in there called becoming a satisficer where you set criteria. For example, your apartment, like it has to look nice, it has to have a certain price and it has to be within two miles of the city center. If you set those criteria according to the paradox of choice, you would Pick the first one that fits your criteria and not obsess over finding the perfect one. So there's more on there, uh, more on that in that summary. So listen to that one if you thought this one was interesting. And I hope to see you or to listen to you on the next summary. See ya.